Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Northern Wind Fantasy Podcast. We are the Three Rivers Boys. I'm Steve. I'm Zach. And Jake is with us in spirit. Please follow us on Twitter at Three Rivers Boys, which is three spelled out. We also have a link to our Discord in the Twitter bio. On today's episode, we will discuss episode six of HBO's House of the Dragon, The Princess and the Queen. This is a full spoilers episode for the TV show, so listeners beware. We'll begin the episode with our overall impression of the episode, and then a deeper look at the theme and plot points that engulf our Targaryen family in Dragon Flames. So did you like it, Zach? Absolutely. This is yeah. my favorite one so far. This was really good. Even though it jumped 10 years into the future and we have new actors for a lot of these characters, I loved it. I think the pacing is starting to finally slow down a little bit here and we're getting a little bit more of a chance to kind of wallow in the drama as it's unfolding. So that really helps just replicate that tense, foreboding atmosphere that made Game of Thrones famous. Yeah, I felt a lot of tension this episode. The last episode had it too, but it brought it on really at the end and with violence where this one had a lot of scheming and secrets and the unknown. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, So this episode is called The Princess and the Queen. Yes, Princess and the Queen. Uh, And I said that's pretty much the theme of this as well. It's pretty much the princess versus the queen. Uh, Do you agree with that or have anything to say about that? Yeah, I think at this point, the battle lines, if you want to call them that, have more or less been drawn. We have our two uh, major factions here. In the books, it's called the Blacks and the Greens, and I think... We're probably going to see the terminology come up at some point in here. They're they're doing it visually already, but they just haven't called them that. So the Blacks would be, of course, uh, Rhaenyra's supporters and the Greens, Allison's supporters. Really splitting the strongs down the middle in this episode. Makes me sad. Yeah. I like how strong it's uh, sad to see them come and go. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, it seemed like Allison is kind of losing her shit. Uh, where other episodes she seemed calmer, maybe the years have just gotten to her. When she grabbed her son's face, Aegon's face, I was just like, holy shit, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, are we starting in to just talk about Alicent right now? No, I was just talking about princess versus queen. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the animosity on both sides has been ratcheted up. Uh, clearly, there's a lot of resentment that has built up over this decade that we kind of skipped over. They sure haven't lost any love between them in that time period. Yeah, the part at the table where Rhaenyra is trying to make peace with Alicent or something like that, it, it just felt very too little too late. And a yeah. lot of people didn't even want Rhaenyra to be there because her breasts are leaking. <laughs> she has other things to do, apparently. To me, you know, I'm like Rhaenyra, power through that, tell them to shut up. But this is a world where... I think she did do a pretty good job of trying to do that, but everybody else just kind of was already ready to close it up. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't help that Viserys is just a complete buffoon. Yeah. I was almost expecting him to be dead, so I'm glad he wasn't killed off screen. I think he has like maybe one more episode in him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there isn't much left of his body. Yeah. His arm was missing, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's well, gross. arm, I think. He is incredibly gross. Okay, oh, yeah. so enough about the theme. I was just going to go through each member of the family 
uh, Rhaenyra, Viserys, and Damon. And then we do have to throw in some other characters, uh, which are basically Alicent, the Strongs, and talking about the kids, essentially, because we have a lot of kids that are on screen right now. And I'm not sure what I'm even supposed to think about some of them, like uh, Princess Hylena Targaryen. I'm like, who the hell are you? And she doesn't seem to respond very well to human interaction. But let's start with uh, Rhaenyra. I thought this was a pretty interesting episode for Rhaenyra. She didn't have a lot happen to her directly, but a lot of important stuff concerning her happened. Uh, Yeah, it starts with her giving birth. Yeah, I thought this showed like an immense amount of strength for her to just kind of like suck it up and take this fresh baby that like just had its umbilical cord cut and walk the whole ways through the Red Keep to the Queen's Chambers. Lainor, of course, is holding her arm and supporting her the whole time. I think Lainor is really cool. I liked him in this episode a lot. I feel bad for Lainor, but also I don't think not- there's any reason to feel bad for him. I mean, he's getting exactly what he wanted. You don't feel bad for him. He's a complete alcoholic. I don't know if he's an alcoholic. He was just drunk that one time. Oh, I thought he was drinking in other other parts of the episode. Well, everybody's always drinking. That's like that's true. That's true. He just to me, he seemed like he doesn't keep up with his duties, and that's the whole reason why he doesn't have children. Eh, I don't know what to deal with that. I w- I assume that's mostly Rainier's fault. That's true. She's out there banging strong. Yeah. She's moved on to the guy that carried her out of the room. <laughs> Did you notice that they named uh, the baby after Lanor's dead BF? Joffrey. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I want to find out why they named Joffrey in Game of Thrones Joffrey. That's just like a really common name. There's, oh, okay. Especially in like the Westerlands, I think. Okay, okay. I thought maybe they were naming him after that child. Nah. So yeah, uh, Rhaenyra still seems to be doing her regular thing of just doing whatever the fuck we want. She wants, you know. Like we mentioned, she's got the three kids with Harwin, even though it's obvious they're Harwins. She doesn't really care. So she does such contradicting things. She wants to be this strong leadership role, but she also refuses to do anything that a leader should do. Like the first thing that I thought was maybe a, a good idea of leadership was to order Lanor to stay by her side. Like he wanted to peace out. Yeah, I don't think she really does want to lead. I think she just wants to be the queen. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. She's. I mean, actually wanting to lead is not a very common trait amongst the uh, royal family and real war life history and Westerosi history. Mostly just want people to do whatever you tell them. So... For the most part, I thought this was, she didn't have as much time on screen, I think. She was in her room, and we got to see her using her secret chamber that she had used before. Uh, she used that to spy on Strong, telling his son, like, you've been a bad boy and sticking your dick in the wrong place. We see her talking to her kids, talking to Lenor. But really, the big scene, and maybe one of the best scenes in the episode, is where she's at the table and she's trying to be strong towards Alicent. And I think Viserys just really blows it for her. How so? He's just kind of weak. He's like, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Okay, let's leave. Instead of telling Alicent to sit down whenever the queen or the princess said she was speaking. Because that that's what she said. She was like, everybody sit down. I still have something to say. And Alicent was like, no, I'm going to stand and because I'm about to leave. That's true. He did go after Alicent, like, as they were leaving and try to convince her to do that deal, but she just didn't want it. Yeah, he's a, he basically has no ball in this court anymore. He definitely could have, like, ordered it to happen 
and they would have gone ahead with it if he demanded it because he's the king, but he didn't want to do that for whatever reason. So Viserys is first seen. Well, I just want to give a shout out again to Patty Considine. Is that how you say his name? I think it's Considine. I don't know. Considine. He's maybe my favorite actor, at least in the show. I don't know if he's my favorite character, but he just nails it every time. He is very good. So the first time we see him in this episode is whenever the baby is being delivered to the queen. And we see he's missing an arm at this point. And his hair is gross. He is just really... His skin's pretty gross. Like his face has all these like scar tissue things on pockmarks and stuff on it. And he fails to see why the queen ordered this to happen. Actually, he kind of just doesn't even realize that his daughter is bleeding. Yeah, he's kind of oblivious to that. Yeah, which I think just, again, embodies the character as being this aloof person who just fell into his role and is very terrible at it. And it's causing the kingdom to fall apart. Well, that's the thing about monarchy. You know, they all kind of just fall into the role. <laughs> yeah. So I believe the next time we see him, he's at his, I don't know, sculpture of Valyria. And we've seen that it's grown to be a much larger now. And Allison is trying to tell him that none of these children are legitimate. They're all bastards. And he basically says, don't say that out loud anymore. Okay. <laughs> That's Yeah, illegal. I mean, he definitely knows that those are Harwin Strong's kids and he just doesn't really give a shit. It kind of like doesn't matter for like legal purposes. A lot of the lords would probably be pissed about it and it probably wouldn't go over well politically, but... Legally speaking, you know, the succession passes through Rhaenyra, so it doesn't matter who the father is, you know? Yeah, and it seems like maybe Rhaenyra's sons are a little upset that they're bastards, but that's just because, you know, people say out loud, bastards suck. Yeah, well, there is kind of a superstitious common belief amongst the people in Westeros where they think that bastards are conceived in passion, so they're very, like, fiery, passionate people who can't control their base instincts because that's kind of like how they came into the world. So they're stuck like that, you know? Oh, interesting. So they're very violent, very like sexual deviant people, you know? We do see him charge at Aegon whenever they're fighting. Yeah. So again, I don't think Viserys had as much screen time. Oh, so we see him during the practice fights and he's standing there talking to the house uh, or the hand strong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking to the house right now. The hand's like, no, my name's strong. The house always wins. And they're looking down into the courtyard and he's like, look, this is how you, this is how you make a strong family, which is great foreshadowing because none of that is true. I also like how Lionel is standing there like, yeah, those are, that's all our family together because those are my grandchildren. So as we're watching these fights go on, we finally get to see some more of Kristen Cole pole and him go at Harwin. This is a great device, I think, to show these two men who both at one point love Rhaenyra. Strong loves her now and Cole used to love her, but he's basically pinning these kids against each other because he's like, fuck those kids. (laughs) He's such an asshole. He really is, yeah. This is definitely like a concerted play by Cole to try and out Harwin as the father of these kids. Like he has the Targaryen kids beat the shit out of the Valarian kids to like get strong pissed off. And then he starts being like, oh, you seem like you really care about these kids. Like they're uh, maybe your brothers or your nephews or sons. And that's he, when he gets them to fucking attack him. 
Yeah, he gets some punchies to the face, which reminded me of when he did that to Joffrey. Honestly, his face should be like super fucked up right now. He might even should die from that. <laughs> Why? Because he was wearing gauntlets? He was wearing like full plate gauntlets. Like that would fuck your face up, dude. <laughs> he just smiles. He's like, do you know how good looking I am? I don't have to wear helmets. I know it's too late for them to do that. Obviously, the show's finished, but that's been a huge problem for a lot of viewers was that just Kristen Cool doesn't wear a helmet, but everybody else does. Yeah. Well, he's a highly paid actor. You can't expect him to cover his beautiful face. Yeah. So the last scene we have for Viserys, I think, is the the table where they're talking about the problems in the stepstones, and then Rhaenyra offers marriage between her children and Allison's. The king's like, wonderful idea. Let's go eat cake. And I think it's just showing that even like close to death, I think he's close to death, that he just continues to be a buffoon. And <laughs> as he's walking back, he can't even keep up with his wife. And she says, like, over my dead body, are you going to make decisions? And I, I can, I was surprised that he put up with that. Um, he's just like, yes, wife. Yeah. He's so worried about not starting a fight that he's going to end up starting a war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they get, this is his last scene. They get back to the, his chambers and she fixes the chair for him, like all nice and stuff. And Strong comes in and resigns his position and he can't believe it. And Strong also doesn't want to do this in front of Allison. Did you get that vibe? Well, yeah, Definitely. He was like, you're the reason I have to do this. So I'm not going to admit to anything specific in front of you. That was so not well done. Like, did he not expect <laughs> that question to happen? You know, he could have just been like, I, well, he, I, don't, I think he just didn't expect her to be there. Oh, true, true. But she takes care of him. Yeah. Well, he could have said anything else. He could have been like, sorry, I'm ill. I got to go. And this was maybe the only really time jump forward we had was they just like suddenly were at Heron Hall. And traveled there, and we see poor Harwin die. Yeah, it's not real far from King's Landing to Harrenhal, but it's not real close either. Uh, it's probably can, a couple days ride. We can talk a little bit more of that after we talk about uh, Damon. So next for the Targaryens, I have Damon, who also didn't really have that much screen time, but I thought that his story, you know, a lot... A lot happened for him, right? He's offered basically real estate and a position if he were to stay there and defend with his dragons. And he has his kids now. Uh, he's on his third. And he basically needs to make a decision. Am I going to do this or am I going to go do what I'm supposed to be doing? And we know what Damon does, not what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. This is in Pentos. If you uh, are curious about that, if you know where Pentos is, it's one of the free cities. Across the narrow sea from Westeros. Illyrio Mopatis is Pentoshi from the uh, original Game of Thrones series. I thought this looked really good. It's one of my favorite sets, I think, from the episode. It was pretty cool, yeah. Because I don't even know if we're going to see these sets again. You know, we had the dining room, we had the library, we had the roof. I don't imagine that we will. Yeah, so, you know, kudos for them to build all these sets that are basically being used for roughly 15 minutes of screen time. I really enjoyed seeing Vagar. I was kind of surprised that it just happened. Yeah. Vagar looks badass. Clearly like at least twice the size of Caraxes. Huge. Like it yeah, was almost maybe just two like, or three times as big as Caraxes. Caraxes is Damon's. So yeah, I mean, I, I had my own predictions of when Vagar was going to show up, but that was not how I expected it. But I think it's pretty cool that Lena was the one riding her because Lena was so obsessed with the dragons. Yeah. If you remember back in, what was that? Like episode two where 
uh, Viserys and Lena have their little walk through the garden while he's toying with the idea of uh, marrying this little girl. And she's really into dragons. And she talks about how sorry she feels for Vagor because her riders have all died and she's crying off by the beach. So now she rides Vagor. So what did you think of Damon's storyline in this? We we don't really get too much. He's given a decision is he going to go with his duties or not? And I think at the end of the episode, the decision is made for him by Lena essentially saying, I'd rather die than continue in this way. I don't think she had an option. Well, I was reading and I guess people figured that Damon was going to cut the baby out. Uh, it didn't look like he wanted to, but there really isn't like an option. I don't know if she would have died either way. Oh, I thought it's still, it could have just been a stillborn. Well, that was the problem though. They couldn't get it out. Like it, it was stuck in her. I see, I see. So, you know, it was either going to die and then the rotting flesh would have caused an infection and Lena and killed her or, you know, they cut her open and pulled the baby out. But she was like, fuck all that. That was probably one of the most dramatic scenes in the episode for me. I love that scene. That was badass, dude. Yeah. Her just crying and shrieking and Vagar thinking about it. Vagar's like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to have to go cry some more. (laughs) So back to Damon. He was offered all these estates. Uh, he has his children. He's basically not doing what he's supposed to be doing. But he's he's reading a lot of histories of his ancestry and teaching that to his children as well, or at least to one of them, which I found really interesting. And I hope that pays off later. Like it's not just like something little they put in the show, but actually like pays off with like maybe there's dragon riding techniques or like maybe knowing the language like really will help. Uh, build a bond with Rhaenyra later or something like that. But yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's all we really got from him. I don't. Do you have anything else to say about Damon or or what happened? I thought it was funny how even the whole ways across the narrow sea, Damon and Lena are perfectly aware that uh, all of Rhaenyra and Lenor's kids are actually Harwin Strong's. <laughs> she was like, my brother had another kid, and Damon says something along the lines of, uh, does this one also bear an uncanny resemblance to the Lord Commander of the City Watch? Well, he knows Harwin personally, right? Yeah. So that that's, to to me, like how it was like, yeah, you know. He probably know. hasn't seen him in years, though, I mean. True, true. Last time we saw them together was at the, that dining table where she, yeah. where he carried her off. Definitely not since any of them kids have been born. Yeah, and so that's all I really have for the Targaryens. Uh, we could talk a little bit about Allison. We could talk about some of the kids, and we can talk about the Strongs. Sure, let's talk about Allison first then. Sure. So Allison to me, is really losing her shit. She can't talk to her daughter because her daughter seems maybe mentally disabled. I'm not sure. I think maybe she has some kind of like autism spectrum thing going on. I don't think she's like handicapped or anything. She no. just yeah. doesn't communicate on the 100% same spectrum as everybody else. And then she seems to be a little uppity and think that her kids aren't capable of being mean and walks in on her son masturbating in a window to the sunlight. And actually, when I saw that, I was like, you know, that's a that's probably badass. You know, he's just (laughs) way up on the city. He's like, I can do whatever I want. And his mom comes in and like squeezes his face shut. And she's like, you shut the fuck up because you're going to be king. And he's like, he's scared of her. He's like, fuck you, peasants. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love how he's like, I don't want to be king. I just want to be like rich. This is great. And she's like, no, no, no. That will never be the way it is. So this is all Allison's fault, pretty much. Not even Viserys. Uh, Kristen is basically her 100% lapdog at this point. He's her little bitch boy. 
I don't even think he's getting some. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. He's back to having values, apparently. (laughs) She really hates uh, the Valarian boys for being bastards. I think this, like, part of it probably has to do with that superstition, like I mentioned earlier, where people just view bastards as, like, uh, crazy a little bit, like, wild. Hmm. Uh, she's also like super resentful about the fact that she has played by the rules the whole time and she got married and had properly legal kids to inherit the throne. And then Rainier is out here just like fucking whoever she wants and having bastards that are going to become king. You know, she really hates that she plays by all the rules and keeps getting set aside for Rainier who just does whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. And maybe like going back to the first episode where Allison's like, we got to go because of the library or something. And then Rainier rips the page out of the book. Yeah. She's like, I do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm the blood of the dragon. And then Allison meets with her ears and eyes, essentially strong. Yeah, that's Laris strong. And I'm just jumping to that because we've talked about some of the other scenes that Allison's been in with Viserys and Rhaenyra. Yeah, it seems like in the 10 years since he dropped that little hint about the moon tea that they've kind of developed this trusting relationship. They're having like private dinner together in her quarters and he feels comfortable enough to just start eating the meal before the queen gets there. That's quite a shocking level of familiarity, you would probably say. Yeah, he just seems like he's very full of himself, like he can't be touched. So I'm very excited for whenever he does get chopped into pieces. (laughs) Not sure that will happen or not, but I really hope it does. It's a shame because I liked him as soon as I met him, but I guess that's how good characters are. I'm like, damn, I love this guy. He's a villain though. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about Allison? I don't think so, other than she's definitely going to push for Aegon, like like her father Hightower said to do. Oh, yeah, she wants him to be king. She's like, someday you're going to be king, buddy. Everybody <laughs> wants you to be king, so you just got to deal with it and become king. He is not interested in that. He's like, I sleep <laughs> on the floor, I masturbate in the window, and I pick on my brothers. Leave me alone. And she's also kind of upset. I guess the whole reason that she does what she does with Laris is that she doesn't feel like anybody has her side in King's Landing and she really wishes her dear old dad would come back. I think that's actually, speaking of dads, that's another reason she probably resents Rhaenyra so much is that Viserys is always there supporting her in whatever she does, even when it's like the stupid thing to do. And her dad is like, you done fucked up. You're on your own now. Peace out. (laughs) I'm going home. It's not like he could have stuck around. He could have, kind of. I mean, just because he's not Hand doesn't mean he's, like, banished from King's Landing. So who do we have left? We have the kids and Strongs? Yeah, let's go through the kids here. Yeah, so we have Generis, Luceris, and Joffrey Valerian, because they're all named Valerian after Rhaenyra's kids will name, be named that until they're given the throne. Joceris would be first in the line. He's the oldest. And then we have Alicent and Viserys, who have Aegon, Aemond, and Helena. I'm not sure if they were going to have more kids or if there were any off-screen kids, but... Uh, no, that's all for now. And then Lena and Damon's kids were Bela and Reyna. I thought they were twins, but in, no. they're not. Reyna is younger like than... they're like a year or two apart. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote down some of them have dragons, too. I think uh, Jacaris, yeah, Luceris... Aegon has Sunfire, Helena... Does she have one? I can't remember now. I know Bela has Moon Dancer. Helena rides Dreamfire. We heard her name. That was one of the eggs that uh, I think was supposed to go for Viserys' son that died. And so we got to see Luceris' dragon? Yeah, Luceris' dragon is Erex. 
Arax. Yeah, that's not the one we see. I don't think so. Oh, really? The the green one that he was telling it what to do? That was Jaceris, and his dragon is Vermax. That's the one that we saw. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, so it was cool to be introduced to them. Uh, I don't know if it's spoiler, like we're going to see dragon fighting. So these are the people that will be <laughs> on those dragons. Yeah, definitely. Aegon is the son of Viserys, and Allison, she's their firstborn. He's got the crazy flowing gold locks. He's kind of a spoiled rich kid. He's a dick. He's playing jokes on his younger brother. I thought that was pretty funny with the uh, pink dread. They're like, hey, Aemond, we got a dragon for you. So I'm a little confused. Will, will he get a dragon eventually or is just uh, no. spoilers? I mean, you don't want me to answer that on air. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I didn't mean like answer it completely, but more. Do you as a family member, do they like try to get you a dragon no matter what? Yeah, we kind of get hinted at this. Uh, I think Lena and her daughter, what was that? Bela. Raina. Raina is the one that doesn't have a dragon. Mm-hmm. Raina had an egg when she was born and it never hatched. And I think that's kind of what happens here is that these kids all get like at least an egg and some of them just never hatch. Okay. Or sometimes they do hatch and the dragon doesn't bond with them. Dragon's like, I don't like you. You have <laughs> smelled bad the whole time. Yeah, I mean- a bond between a dragon and a rider is a very specific thing. Like a dragon won't just let anybody ride them and it won't take orders from somebody that they don't know. They kind of have to have this, I don't know what you want to call it, mind melt almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we didn't really get too much of the kids. I think we've pretty much gone every over everything that they were involved in. I do think it's important to point out uh, when you see them in the practice yard, the Valorians and Targaryens, watch what colors they're in already. Uh, the Targaryen kids are actually wearing green for House Hightower, and the Valarian kids are wearing Targaryen colors, black and red. That's right. They were wearing that in the Dragon Pit as well. Yeah. So I'll show you where their loyalties lie. The last thing we have is the Strongs. So we have the Hand, who's just trying to keep this shit together. We have Harwin, who's not doing a very good job of that. He's screwing Rhaenyra and having babies with her. And then we have, what's his name? Like him? Laris. Laris, who's just a little evil bastard in the end. Uh, I think we've pretty much gone over everything about them in this episode, except for the ending where Laris cuts off a bunch of people's tongues, sends them to Harrenhal, and has them burn his family alive. Yeah, so that's a pretty brutal move, uh, killing your own family to advance your position. I think these are two, we see how all these guys and how strong are pretty smart, with the exception of maybe Harwin, because he's kind of more of a meathead, but <laughs> uh, Lionel makes a very smart move by getting his family out of this dangerous situation. He just doesn't expect uh, the attack to come from the inside. So that kind of takes him by surprise. He knew that if they stayed in King's Landing, eventually somebody would try to do something to them because he had gotten mixed up with Rhaenyra and all that drama was unfolding and it's just not good, you know? Yeah, it was kind of brutal to see Harwin saying, like, I will burn, I will burn. Yeah. That was sad. It was really sad. I really liked Lionel. He was a great guy. It seemed like one of the few trustworthy characters in the show. Is he actually dead? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That stinks. Dead, dead, dead. They kind of said, did you write your father, which made me think Hightower is going to return, but we'll see. Do you have any predictions? Oh, yeah, that, that was the whole point of this, yeah. Oh, okay. The whole point was to, okay. Yeah, Allison was feeling bad because she didn't have anybody on her side. And she was like, it'd be nice if my dad was still hand. 
And uh, Laris was like, bet I can make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Laris. I can't wait till he dies. All right. Any predictions or uh, any comments about the show? I think we do have another small time jump here. It's like five years maybe between this episode and the next one. So we should see some like teenage versions of these kids now that are in their preteens. Nice. These actors just one and done. (laughs) They're little kids. Fuck them. They don't need money. (laughs) All right, cool. I don't have any predictions. I I try not to watch the uh, previews or anything. It's hard for me to like make a prediction on something when I know exactly what's going to happen. So (laughs) Uh, true, true. How much longer will Viserys last? That's what we should bet on. Three episodes. I would say I would say next episode is his last one. We have three more episodes, right? What is this? Episode six? There's gonna be ten, so four more. Oh, there's four more. Wow, great. The show's awesome. I'm excited. I really wish Amazon would make ten episode seasons, dude. Like who the fuck wants an eight episode season of something? That's so stupid. I mean, based on how little has been shown in that ep- in those in that show so far, I'm not sure they could fill that time wheel of time could sure use 10 episodes yeah (laughs) for sure it is pretty crazy how those shows have like opposite problems i kind of wanted to mention that on our rings of power one oh yeah i did see that you had pacing yeah hopefully next time it'll be a little bit better but yeah we'll close this out Thank you for listening to the Northern Wind Fantasy Podcast. We are the Three Rivers Boys. I'm Steve. I'm Zach. And Jake is with us in spirit, probably watching the episode right now. Please follow us on Twitter at Three Rivers Boys. That's three spelled out. We also have our Discord and our Twitter bio. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Come back for more hot D. Read more books.